Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir, the Nishmas every week. Riza Shlamis, Master Shemeshem. This week's Pasha Shabbos, Pasha Nitzavim. First, we'd like to extend a very, very beautiful happy birthday to the world. Today, Chofhei Elul is the birthday of the world. The world is created in Chofhei and six days later, was man, man was created. A miracle happening, a fantastic thing in history. Um, and all those, of course, that didn't say Tachnun today, and that said Halal, and that uh, had a meal, a Siddhas Mitzvah, a uh, holiday meal because it was Yom Tif, because it's the world's birthday, and all those who didn't have a cake yet, please send in the cakes, we'll have cakes for the happy birthday for the world. Uh, not exactly, because the fact of the matter is, we didn't celebrate the world's birthday. How do you like that? We didn't celebrate the world's birthday. The world goes and has a birthday 5,776 years old, and nobody celebrating. There's no flags, there's no flyers, there's no flares, there's no fireworks, there's no cake. That's the worst part of it all. There's no birthday cake. How much more could we possibly ask? How much more could we be put to? How much more could we be subjected to? The world has a birthday, 5,776, and we don't have a cake. More importantly, let's turn our focus right now to Parshas Nitzavim, which we will return to... We will return in Yetzirah Hashem to the world's birthday and in Yetzirah Hashem discuss Minhagim and Inyanim of Rosh Hashanah and maybe some words of Tshuva and repentance so that we can go into Rosh Hashanah with a good feeling with a good happening. Tonight here in the house we had several women Fortunately, many women didn't make it because of whatever reasons, everyone had a different story. Um, but we had a beautiful display, a letter set up over here for women that got together to bake challah for, for Yom Tif. And um, then they went, as their challah is rising, they went to 770, which is around the corner, to hear the Rebbe's bracha. The Rebbe gives a bracha every year before Rosh Hashanah, before Shavuos. And then they're having this chus, the women are all gathered together, all the women in 770 are going to go up in Mitz Hashem to the Rebbe's room. The room which the Rebbe sits, the Rebbe sat for many, many, many years having private audiences. Tens of thousands of miracles have come out of that room hundreds of thousands of millions of blessings have come out of that room. So we told you once, we said before, that the Rebbe received more mail on a daily basis than the President of the United States of America. And the Rebbe would answer each and every one, everyone's requests, everyone's beseechments, 
and read and take personal each and every person's problem. Therefore, the women having the schus tonight of going into the Rebbe's room to daven, to stand in front of the Rebbe's desk, where the Rebbe time and time again sits behind his desk and takes letters and requests from each and every Jew and answers and prays for each and every one of us. And here the women are going in, they have the merit to go in and to pray by that desk. Sarifka? And the problem is though that this was supposed to happen a little earlier. And this is all supposed to finish take papers from the printer, please. And this is supposed to finish before nine o'clock, so the shear starts nine o'clock. This Peter on the printer bring it up. So that this did not disrupt the shear. Unfortunately it did not finish yet. And therefore, it's very likely that in the middle of this year we're going to have a lot of squabbling of women coming in to make the bracha, the hafresh chala, taking off pieces of chala from their doughs. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, <coughs> I only hope and pray that it doesn't disturb too much. A very, very short Pasha, especially since the Tzavim and Vayelach are not together. So just the Tzavim alone is only 40 Pesukim. 40 Pesukim. What a week to start saying Chitas. Next week even better with only 30. So even when the Tzavim and Vayelach are combined, there's only 70 Pesukim. And here we only have one of them separate, and each week is going to be a separate Pasha. So those of you that have a Kiddush club in shul, I usually hang around and say, well, it was a long parsha, and it took the Bakr a very long time to read this week, and that's why I was so late in shul, and although you were really sitting by the Kiddush, this week I want to warn you, don't use that excuse, because your wife knows it's a very short parsha, and she expects you home early. Although it's Shabbos Mavarachim HaChedish, and Rishud Fabreng, Shabbos Mavarachim HaChedish, and the Minik Klai Yisrael is to say, in Mini Chabad is to say the entire Tehillim before davening. So in this wonderful, beautiful, short parsha. There are so many things that the Ebisha talks about, that Mesha talks about, and <coughs> tells us how we have to behave and connect to Hashem. But more importantly, Atam Nitzavim Hayim Kulchem is a direct, is a parasha always read before Rosh Hashanah. And the reason it's read before Rosh Hashanah is because obviously it has a direct connection with Rosh Hashanah. And that too, in Yetzirah Hashem, we will get into their connection between the two. I'd like to begin with what it says in the Pasuk, a very interesting passage, which ultimately has been mentioned before. Um, the passage says, "Vishav Hashem Elekecha as Shivuscha." The Almighty will return those who are sitting. Said Chapter thirty, verse three. Pay the gimel, pay the glamid, pass the gimel. 
and he will come return and get you all, gather you all from amongst the nations. which the Almighty has spread you out there. Rashi takes the words, the Kepel of Rashi, the Dibra Maskal of Rashi, the title of Rashi. Rashi uses the words, Vishov Hashem Eshevuscha. And Rashi is going to explain to Ben Chamesh the Mikra. This way of stating it, this way it's written, Rashi really has a question. The, the grammar is a little off. It should say, Our sages then teach us, that kivayochul hashchina shashchina shruya im Yisrael b'tzaras gulasim gulasim. That kivayochul, so to say, since we can't actually physically put anything connotation to God, there's no physical connotation that we can refer to God in. So it always says kivayochul. That the shchina himself is with us in the exile. Ukishinig olin, and when will we, when we will be redeemed? It will be a redemption for the Almighty as well, for He too will return with them. Beautiful, beautiful, heartwarming, heart rendering. The Almighty is with us in Golis. The Almighty, our Father in Heaven, does not desert us for a moment. And even here in the wicked and bitter exile, He is with us and at our side on a constant basis. Which also means that all the suffering that the Almighty is being, that we are being subjected to, so too the Almighty is being subjected to. But the Benchamesh the Mikra is a very smart boy. And a few weeks ago, which to us sounds like a long time ago, but to him it's like a blink almost. He goes back to the book of Exodus, the book of Shemais, to Beit Gimel, Pasuk Beis. And he sees Rashi writes there, this which Moshe, the Almighty revealed himself to Holy Moses, our teacher, from the burning bush, it was a solidarity move, a move of solidarity which the Almighty tells Moshe, I am with you in this same pain, the same tzara, that the Jews are going through, so too am I. If that's the case, how does Rashi come along now and tell the Mechamesh the Mikra that Rabbi Seinu Lomdu Mikan from our Pasuk in chapter 30, verse 3, Pedic Lamed Pasuk Gimel, in Devarim, here, says Rashi, we learn out, this is where we get the lesson 
Kivayokal Shashkin Shluyim Yisrael Sarez Galesli. That the, the, the Almighty is suffering with us in our exile. We already learned this, says the Mechamesh the Mikra, way back in the Chumash of Shemais in Painting Gimel, Pasik Bays, chapter 3, verse 2. Another thing. The Almighty says over there, Imei Anaychi Bitsara. This is said clearly in Tilim. Why do we have to learn this out from a with a fat thumb, with a thumb to learn it out, to say, oh, this is what the Pasik is coming to tell us. We have a clear Pasik that says, Imei Anaychi Bitsara in Tilim. Another thing yet. Rashi finishes off and says, here in our Pasha, Ukshinigolim, and when they will be redeemed, he writes, Gula for himself, redemption for himself. Why should Yoshev Imohem, he is with them sitting in the exile. Cheda, as we say, Michael Mashmalon. What is he coming to let us hear by adding these words? After Rashi already explains that the Almighty is sitting with us and resting with us and side by side with us in our, in our bitter exile, we understand ourselves that the Jews go out of inside and the Almighty will come with us. Why does he need to elaborate and tell us just that? And another thing that's hard, you didn't pick them up? You got them? Where'd you put them? Hmm? And we don't understand actually what the wording is. What does this mean? That he wrote, he writes a redemption for himself. Let us first understand the passage. I am with you in pain. This comes to teach us when the Jews are sitting and suffering in the exile, the Almighty is also. Behold Sarasam Leitzar. All their tsaris is his tsar. This is pain. It causes pain to the Abishta. Why? Because the Almighty has such a great and strong love to the Jewish nation. So when the Jews are found Rahman al Islam in a time of Tzara, a time of trouble, the Almighty puts himself also into this trouble. That's why he came to show himself in the snare, which is a not a very comfortable situation. To show that he too is suffering. He's decreased. But the fact that the Tzadahs of the Jews pain the Almighty, it causes Him pain, that doesn't mean to say that He's in exile with us. He's suffering. He's suffering with the Jews. 
In fact, not suffering with the Jews, suffering because the Jews are suffering. And they are his children, therefore he too is suffering from this. Even when he joins in with the restraints of the exile, it still doesn't put him under the oppression of the exile. For example, a king who's in his palace with all his luxuries, but he's pained by the fact that his son is in prison, in a faraway prison. But the fact is that the king himself is eating, drinking, and sleeping like a king. He's not being deprived, there's no self-deprivation of the king's behalf. But the king's son is suffering, and he too is suffering. So too, similarly, is the king, the Almighty, suffering with his children. His ben Yochid, ben Yisrael, is suffering in exile. There's no connotation, though, that it means that the Almighty is in exile as well. That's therefore what we have to learn out from Veshav Hashem Lekecha Shavusacha. Not enough that the Almighty is in pain from our pain. Not enough that the Almighty suffers with our pain. But more than that, He finds Himself together with us in the same place, in the same pain of the exile. Just like the king that hears on the fact that his son was captured and was put into placed into prison. And not enough that he suffers with his son, but he goes out of his palace, goes out of his courtyard, and he goes to sit with his son in the prison. And he goes side by side and does the, the labors that his son is doing in the prison. This is what tells us Hashkina Shriya in Mishal Bitsaras Gulusim Basekagolas. So now we understand the tremendous Khidash. The second one Kapishmaya. By the first case, the fact that Akadish Barakum it's tired. He's in pain with the Jews' pain. He's in pain with the Jews' pain. It doesn't bring down the Almighty from his from his high place. He's in pain. He, fe- I feel your pain. When you tell the person, I feel your pain, Ilu Yitzur, you actually feel his pain, or her pain. Ilu Yitzur, you actually connected in such a strong way. But the bottom line is, you're not suffering that pain. You're feeling for the person, but you're not suffering with the person. But according to the second concept, the Shekhinah comes himself and comes down into the Golas with us. That's a whole new dimension. That's why he waits over here, Rashi, to say, and he adds, the Kvayochel, as if, as Kvayochel as Shashkhinah Shriyim HaMisrael, HaMisrael BeGolosim, the Almighty is resting in the Golas together, in the exile, together with the Jews, side by side. Whereas in Pasha Shemais it only talks about I feel your pain. 
And over here we learn out that no, not only he feels our pain, but he sits with us side by side in our pain. Fact is, though, that we still have a little simple question. Since the Almighty is found in Sardis Gulusam, since he finds himself in the restraints of our exile, meaning he too is exiled amongst the nations, if that's the case, how does he get us out of here? He's a prisoner too. We know, for those who are keeping score at home, it says clearly, a prisoner cannot redeem himself. Can't post his own bail. Breaking out? He's breaking out. Busting out. So in that case, after the fact that Hakadosh Baruch brings himself into the Golos, and he allows the generate the Goyim to the other nations to rule over him like the rest of the, like the rest of the Jews, how is he going to help the nation? How is he going to help the Yidden to overcome the Golos, to come out of the Golos, to, to come to Gula? If the Almighty Himself is in the Golos, so in order to explain this, let's explain on a different little point. Rashi adds over here, and he says, "Kikish and Egalin, when he'll be redeemed, Hichsiv Geula LaAtzme." He's going to write a Geula for himself, which means to say that the Almighty prepared himself to begin with the possibility that this would go into the Geulas, and therefore, when there was still time, he writes his Teda which is a restraint within the time of Golos. But the time that the redemption, the Gola has to come, he will give permission, and he'll make the capability to Kvayochel to come out of Golos. And nobody will rule over us. So before the Almighty brought himself into this Golos, he he wrote that when the time will come for Nigolin, when the Jews will need to leave the exile, there will not be any more opinions from the others. And all the Shlita will go down. And it definitely will go off of him. And therefore, Veshov Hashem Elekecha, the Almighty Himself will return us. This is what Rashi says, therefore, the Hiksiv That the Khathila to begin with, he put himself in a situation almost like a prenup. <laughs> <laughs> that the Shlita of the Golas will only be in a boundary of time, in a restraint of time, and which will ultimately become nullified. When that becomes nullified, the Almighty then becomes the ruler, and therefore he has no problem taking us out of Golas. Now we see. How sweet it comes in there in Pasha's boy, back in Shemais, chapter 12, verse 41, Perikid It was the case of the 30th year and 400, 430 years. And this very day, Yotzu Kotzim is Hashem, Mimizaret Mitzrayim. 
They all left Egypt. Because from this Lushan, it shows that Yotsu they went out on their own. Not something that did it for them, not something that brought them out, not something that took them out necessarily. They automatically were out of goals. It doesn't say, Hetzi Hashem, it says Yotsu. They left. Why did they leave? Because the goals became nullified. The whole thing went down. The whole thing, the whole system collapsed. The iron curtain collapsed. Before the Almighty, therefore, puts them into the goals and brings himself into goals. Pasak Miresh. He gives a psak to begin with saying that there's a certain time that will be the end of this Golas. And at that time, automatically we will leave Golas. And therefore we see also in Pasha's Lech Lecha, chapter 15, verse 14, Pasak They went out on their own. Passion itself, as we said, is a very, very short passion. But it's always in preparation for Rosh Hashanah. Pasik says, it said it was cold in here, right? Atem Nitzav Mayim Kulchem Fnei Hashem Alekechem Roshechem Kul Vigeve Ache Mimechel Avdachem Bris Hashem Alekechem Yalt Rebbe writes in the Sefer Lekutei Torah That this Pasha, Pasha Nitzavim, is always read before Rosh Hashanah. What's the reason? Because there's a connection. <laughs> That's a simple answer. Because they are connected directly. Connected by the head. Huh? says, What is Hayyim? Today, the day is referring to the day of Rosh Hashanah. Which that is the day of Dina Rabbah. The main judgment. When it comes Hayyim, the day of Rosh Hashanah, we need to be in a status of Nitzavim. Upright, standing. Kulchem, everyone. For all the Nishamas, all the souls gathered together at this time. And then the Torah enumerates Rashechem, Shivtechem, the heads, the judges, wood choppers, water carriers, people who work in the parks department. People that work in the IRS, all of us, we're all going to be gathered. And we need to stand together 
before the Almighty, as a kulchem, as a unit, as one together. And the Apostle continues, that this is an entire, this whole thing is a preparation to decrease the sabris, the pact which was made between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Jews on the day of Rosh Hashanah. What is the concept of this Christus Bris? Generally, when a pact is made between two people, two very dear friends, they make this pact saying, BFF! Best friends forever. Really, BFF stands for burger and french fries. But don't tell anybody that. Hmm. Yes, that would go very well now. Um, they make a pact to show that they're going to live forever together. But since their love for one another, their connection is through a certain reason, If one of them recognizes the greatness of the other, and thereby his, his love grows for him, and he sees within himself a flaw, he will say to himself, because the good old paranoia sets in, and in the form of paranoia he will say, I'm inferior to my friend. And because I'm inferior to my friend, maybe he's only having pity on me. Maybe he doesn't really have that great friendship. Maybe we're not really connected by the hip after all. So therefore tells us the Tata that we need. When they make a bris, they make a pact of love between them, to keep this alive forever. And this pact is higher than any reasoning. And therefore, it never can be broken. And putting everything aside, emotions, intellect, money, whatever it might be, everything goes aside to the side, and the friendship remains intact. Same thing is also when it comes to the love between the Almighty and the Jews. As they come on Rosh Hashanah, which then the love is in a strong, strong bind, at that point we make a krisis bris, we cut a pact. And the Jews bond themselves with the Almighty. With a bond that is higher than Tam Vidas. And nothing in the world can cause, can weaken this bond. In order to awaken the Almighty Kvayachu, to tie himself, to bind, bind himself with the Nisham Yisrael, the Maila Mitamidas, this is through the Aveda of Kulchem, of all the Jews together, the true Achtus, that they go higher than Tamidas. Because our Pisechel, there's no reason, there's no Connection between Rashaychem and Shayev Memecha, the heads of state and the water carriers. 
But the fact that everyone is binding, bonding, and joining arm in arm to tie one soul with a soul, so that we should be higher than Tam Vedas, so that we can awaken within the Almighty this love to tie Himself with us at such a level that can never ever be broken. And thereby we say, Atem Nitzav Mayim Kulchem. We stand before the Almighty. And not only those who are here, says the Pasuk, but everyone. Those who have been in this world and those who will come to this world. Every time it comes to Rosh Hashanah, all the souls present themselves together in a united front. And we come to Rosh Hashanah with the concept of Teshuvah. Teshuvah sounds like such a simple thing. Did something wrong, I repent. I stopped doing it, I've repented. The Pasuk says in our Pasha, chapter 30, verse 11, Pedig Lamid Pasuk Yiralef, the mitzvah that I am telling you, that I am commanding you today, is not something so outlandish, not something so hard, not something out of your reach. Ramam explains how mitzvah hazois. This particular mitzvah, it's not referring to obviously all 613 commandments. It's this mitzvah, which is the this mitzvah that the Torah is referring to. It talks about the mitzvah of tshuva, of repentance. Return to your heart. The mitzvah that's being commanded to us to do so. And again, the Alter Rebbe explains in our parsha in the Kutetera that we don't explain a mitzvah azeis that goes on the entire Tera, but rather on the one single solitary mitzvah of Teshuvah. Because otherwise, if it was a plural referring to all the mitzvahs, it would say, Kichola mitzvahs. And therefore it goes on to the solitary mitzvah of Teshuvah. But Rashi doesn't say that. The opposite. He says, He explains, The Teira was given to us written and, and verbal. And we find therefore, he explains, Kola mitzvah goes on all the mitzvahs. So why would he say a single, solitary mitzvah hazes 
would possibly refer to all the mitzvahs of the Torah. Perhaps we explain this very simply. Back in Pasha Sheftim, chapter 20, verse 1, Perichov Pasuk Aleph, Pasuk says, Kisaitzil HaMulchama, V'gameh, V'risa Sus V'rechev, and that's a Kadma of Azla, actually. It's not like it says later. You say, Say, Lama, come on. Halevecha. Yes. Definitely. Face, as you would say. And Rashi explains, in the eyes of everyone, it will be like one horse. So therefore, Rashi sees, Rashi goes of the opinion, that we could take plural and put it into singular. If you're thinking about one particular item, you could be, you're thinking about all of them as one. One unit. When Yaakov you know, says, back in Pashva Yishlach, in Bereshis, in Genesis 32, chapter 32, verse 6, I have an ox and a donkey. Rashi explains that Derecharetz, when a person refers to his oxen, he's have a share. Rashi wanted, Yaakov wanted to stress just that to Esav. Don't get upset with me. I stole your brachas. Because in all the oxen, I only count as one. Therefore we find in our case as well, that the intention of Rashi, is to stress that Tehidah and Mitzvahs are very close to each and every Jew. And very easy to keep them. And therefore, Kola Mitzvahs are referred to as HaMitzvah Hazais, Loshin Yochid. To stress how important keeping the Mitzvahs and doing each and every Mitzvah in particular. But now, of course, as we talk about Rosh Hashanah, let us focus on the Mitzvah of Teshuvah. find it very interesting that as I was preparing this year today I found two stories one of the Kajan Samagid and one Zusha Napoli and they both have basically the same gist but so so different I tried to tell them the short things. I want to get to some inhagim of, of Rosh Hashanah. Zusha Napoli was sitting once, and a fellow came into his courtyard and said, "Did I have a sign? Write, write a paper here. Write a note that that that, that I didn't do this havera. I didn't do this sin because they took away my coat from me and they told me I can't have my coat back because I'm a sinner. I don't belong walking around in a coat, and they need I need my coat back quickly. Write write, write a letter. They didn't do the sin." Zusha looked at him and says, I, I don't even know who you are. But the fellow was, was rabid. He was, he was going crazy. Please, you have to write this letter. You have to write this letter. He says, but I can't say you didn't do the sin. I don't know you didn't do the sin. Did you do the sin? What's the difference if I did the sin or not? Write the letter. My coat. 
Finally, the fellow says, you know what? I'll tell you something else. There's another part of the deal I didn't tell you. They told me, if I get a letter from you that I did tshuva, that I repented for the sin. Who just came in? That I repented for the sin, that would work too. So write that I did tshuva at least. Again, Azusa said, what do you want from my life? I don't know if you did tshuva. I don't know who you are. How can I say you did tshuva? Come in, you have to take color, no? Where's Sarifka now? She has my coins? Where's the coins? See if the coins are here? Stick them with her. She left them in the kitchen, maybe. So at least... Found them? Hello? But she took the coins. At least give me the letter that I did tshuva. The position said, Kench, I don't know who you are, I don't know what tshuva you're talking about. Finally the fellow says, Take your bag of coins, give her coins and stuff. Bible. Finally, the fellow says, You know what? You're being very harsh and very severe. It's not fitting for a tzaddik to be so harsh and severe. I would imagine, I would say, that if I went to Rahman al to the priest, to the Galach, oh, here. I went to the Galach. He would definitely write me a lot with no problem. Abzusha was sick over this. What are you saying? How could you say such a thing? Refer to a Galach. I brought you to say this. Because I didn't sign your note right away. I gave a Jew a thought and it came through his, passed through his lips thinking and saying, he would convert, he would go to a galach, to a priest. What did I do? And Zusha got physically ill. And he started to, to, to tatter, to use, he couldn't stand straight. He was rocking, he was rolling, he was falling down, he fell into the pile of mud, the pile of garbage. He was crying and screaming hysterically. And this fellow is watching this show and said, eh, he's only putting on a show. It's not real. He doesn't really mean it. He's not sincere. He's just trying to make me feel bad. But then he saw that the chassidim took him into the house and the chassidim took him to wash him up and then put him in his bed and he wouldn't stop. He was relentless. He's crying and he's screaming and he's yelling. Woe is to me, I caused the Jew to talk like this, the Jew to think like this. Finally, the fellow came into the house to see what was going on. And Abzusha's crying and telling him and looking at him and saying, How did I do this? How did this come about that I made you say such words? I need to do tshuva. 
said Abzusha, I need to repent. And he tells the fellow, come, join me. And the two sat down on the floor side by side. And they cried, and they cried, and they cried together. And after a half an hour of the Rebzusha crying to do tshuva for causing a Jew to talk like that, this fellow cried and did tshuva for whatever sin he had committed. It's right there. If you don't behave, I'm going to give all the children on the street your phone number and tell them it's Santa's number. Okay. Yeah, they'll call you for cookies. And fellow, the fellow sat and repented and did a tshuva shlema as he sat on the floor crying with the Rebzusha. The other story was a little more interesting as it took a, has a different twist to it. And that different twist is the Kajan Tzimagid was laying on his deathbed. And there were many, many different Tamidim of the Kajan Tzimagid. And nobody understood exactly who he would want to be his successor. Ultimately, he called Oberev Avram, who everybody saw was attached to the Magid for ten years now by the hip. Wherever the Magid went, went to Rav Avram. And he put his hands in Rav Avram's head, he said, Shema Yisrael, and he turned his neshama. No. It didn't take, after the Shiva, they immediately appointed Rav Avram as the leader, and so he did very, very well. He led spiritually, he guided, he talked, he spoke, he taught, he helped the Shalom Bayis, he helped everything that the Eden could have needed. One very, very strange day, a fellow came to town and was screaming and yelling like a madman. Screaming and yelling about the sins and about this sin and that sin. Finally, Avram said, Come, come, try to calm him down. Let's come, we'll get everybody together in the shul and we're going to say to Hillam. And everybody stood and said to Hillam. And they stood crying and saying to Hillam. And this fellow too was walking in a corner like a total lunatic. When he finished the first time, it's to Hillam. It didn't affect. And he turns to the Tahol Kahal, to all the Chassidim, and he says to them, This is your Rebbe? <laughs> Boy, are you misinformed. They were shocked. Him, a Rebbe? Yeah. See if there's another big box, I take all the free- things out of the freezer, bring them upstairs, I take it tomorrow with me. Boy, are you people misinformed? Are you misguided? Are you blind? This guy was together with me. Every sin I did, he did. Every non-kosher thing I ate, he ate. Everybody was in shock looking at their Rebbe. Everything I did with Goyim, he did with the Goyim. 
people starting to get angry and agitated, they wanted to hang this guy. Talking about the Rebbe like this. Finally, Rabbi Avram said, it's true. What he's saying is very true. Let me tell you. And he tells them, many years ago, this fellow and himself were chavrusas, they were learning partners, study partners. And they learned together, and they did very, very well, they succeeded very well. Unfortunately, because they were so smart, and they got along, and they got, they got so far in so many things, they started to look into other things. They started to read books they shouldn't have read. They started to go into circles they shouldn't have gone to. They started to play, hang out in places where they shouldn't have gone. They were talking to non-Jews the way they shouldn't have. And ultimately, Rahman al-Islam, they left Yiddishkeit. He and him. Ram said, I personally went into business. He went to university to become a philosopher. I was extremely successful. I had a palace. I was married to a shiksa. I was I was on top of the world. I lived a life of, of one day I was out walking with my dog in the forest. And I came across a dead Jew, Rahman al But not a dead Jew, a Jew that was murdered. And I thought back, I don't know what gave me this flashback, what gave me this shock. Looking at this Jew, and I said, look how he must have died, because he was a Jew. And I'm sure of dying because he was a Jew, I'm sure he died with the word Shema Yisrael on his lips. And the word Shema Yisrael came back to my head. Immediately I decided I have to get out of here. And I picked myself up. And I went to the local town. And I found the Rav there. I told the Rav my story. He told me to take a bag of gold coins and take a paper and a quill and write everything over to the shiksa. The woman that I had married. Give everything away to her. And with whatever money you have, you travel to the Kajan Samagid. And I arrived at the Kajan Samagid in the middle of the night. And as I came there in the middle of the night, the Magid took me in quietly. Nobody knew I arrived. And the Magid started to teach. And I told him my story. And he began to teach me and to guide me. My Girsa the Yankasa kicked in right away. What I had learned as young, and I took to it like a fish to water. The Magid saw my potential, and the Magid exercised my potential, and the Magid stressed my potential, and the Magid worked with me. 
until ultimately the Maggid saw to it that I became what I am today. When he started to tell his story, to tell our story, I was thinking of just saying, silence, throw out the fool, and in the middle of the night tonight leave, with nobody knowing. And then I decided no. Instead I'm going to say, it's not true. Deny it. Who's going to believe him over me? That too dissipated from my mind. And then finally, I realized this is not what the Rebbe would have wanted me to do. The Rebbe would have wanted me to tell the truth and to teach everybody the lesson that I learned, that I learned and went through, and they too should go through. And this, he said, therefore, let us all say till them once again to help him do tshuva as well. And they repeated over and over tshuva to heal him until this fellow also did a tshuva shleima. And several different menhagim that happened on Rosh Hashanah. For example, on Rosh Hashanah they make round chalas. Thank you about the, the cakes. We bake round chalas. What are the reasons for the round chalas? Shaped them like a spiraling ladder, like a spiral staircase. Because Rosh is the day of the coronation of Hashem. We crown the Abish as king of the entire world. So we make round that looks like a, cre- a crown. And we daven and we say, Who's going to be humbled? Who will be exalted? Therefore, it's customary to make the chalice as a ladder, alluding to the, up, the going down, from the down all the way up. Many elder chassidim, some chassidim have a minig, a custom, to purchase a new knife in Erev Rosh Hashanah. Why do we purchase a new sharp knife for Rosh Hashanah? The final letters of the words, Peseach Es Yadecha, Ches, which is referring to opening your hand, which is to cut, which is the name of the angel which is in charge of Panasa. Also, the word Umasbia, which is to satisfy the desire of every living being, which follows after, has a numerical value of 400. And 28, which is also the same numerical, numerical value of the word chatach. So therefore, we learn that it's a skula for Panasa to purchase a knife on Erev Rosh Hashanah. The guy huh? buys it, the girl buys it. Man should buy it, obviously, said, didn't he? Did she use it on Rosh Hashanah too? Huh? Did she use the knife also on Rosh Hashanah? Use it. You can take it. What's the connection between Rosh Hashanah and Yetzirah Mitzrayim? Mikra Kedi Zechatzirah Mitzrayim. Because the actual departure of Egypt took place on the Tesla of Nisan. So your mother Rosh Hashanah, if you keep your score at home, says Yid Aleph and Aleph, six months earlier in Rosh Hashanah, the whole servitude was removed from the forefathers in Egypt. 
Want to go back to the birthday of the world quickly? You can take these all if you want. Sure. The birthdays of the world, you have to put them in order though. I don't know what order they are. Yeah. Huh? Which website? I can take it off from the computer also. I just can't. Uh, we spoke about the birthday of the world today. Uh, we didn't celebrate it. Nobody brought a cake. So we're still waiting for that cake for the today's birthday of the world. So happy birthdays every time, Mom. So passionate. Yes. Um, the birthday of the world, Chafei El, is not celebrated. Because that's when it was Brias Ha'elam, the creation of the Ha'elam. Ha'elam is the word Ha'elam, hidden. So we did not see anything in essence when the world was actually created. Only when did we see the world come to fruition, come to a reason, and to have a proof as to what it existed for and why it had to exist? Only once man was created. Once man was created, that on the sixth day was the day that the world then took a purpose. Took a reason, took a, a existence. Why it needed to exist? Why it needed to be uh, created? And therefore, only on the sixth day, which is Rosh Hashanah, do we celebrate and do we say Tamachunya Aleichem? Do we say that we are now crowning and coronating the Almighty, coronating the King? Because at this point in time, we have a f- full coronation by the fact that we became Adam. And that Adam was created, and therefore, although the world's birth took place on Chofeel, and today was a birthday of 5,776 years, but the ultimate reasoning for the world, the ultimate purpose of the world, only comes about with the creation of Adam, and therefore, we as Adam have to live a life of Adam, act the way of Adam, and we have to take on the kingship of the Almighty, and we have to wish one another, Nitzavim Hayim Kulchem, all of us together, united, arm in arm, wish each and every one of us a sweet year, a happy year, a year of Nachas, a year of Panasa, a year of Hakava, of Gezunt, and the Ebesha should give us the ultimate, which is the Geula, Hamitas Vashtema. Shabbat Shalom, Shana Tova, to all. Where's your husband? He comes. Oh, he's everywhere. Really? You could pick up my husband in the seat of her. Sure. He's good. Hello. If you ever listen to the archives, Sheer.us, you will hear that several times throughout the course of the years, I mentioned how this year started back in the I never heard of what was about signature. Why do I get a thing about it? You have Kinara Chin Kindalak. Because you're not going to cross I think to anyone, maybe tomorrow night. You want to go to What time? I don't know. They're not doing the day. Are you going to call me or are you not going to let me know? What do you If you don't hear from me by 3 o'clock, call me. If you don't hear from me by 3 o'clock, call me. That looks like Nell Caffrey. She doesn't give you a hug. She doesn't hug. She hugs trees. She hugs trees. She hugs trees. Since you guys grew up. You didn't even marry a Since you married Shmuel. Uh, I'm the one that comes to the West Indian party. Because you were the one that got the wedding. You were the one that got the wedding. You were the one that got the wedding.
Give him money, King. Do you want to hear something? I want to go to sleep. What? What? Grab his hand and start. 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 Grab his hand and start